Hi, and thanks for hitting the snooze button. My name is Neil Hedley. Welcome to a special pre-Big Sunday episode of the snooze button. Uh, I tell you what, we got a special guest here, uh, a very quick conversation that revolves around athletic performance and sleep. And it is, even though it's very brief, it is nothing short of eye-opening. I want to introduce you to my friend, Dr. Michael Grandner. He is a behavioral sleep medicine specialist and the director of sleep and health at the University of Arizona. Uh, You can find him on the Twitter machine at Michael Grandner. Um, We'll tell you about some research that he and a partner have done into performance and whatnot. Before we get to that, which will be seconds from now, very quick mention, um, Monday's episode, a regular episode of the Snooze Button is a do not miss. Three very special announcements over the course of the show. And we also have another sleep specialist on with a unique perspective. And uh, we'll, we'll open your eyes with that one as well. But right now, back to football, back to athletic performance and Dr. Michael Grandner. Michael, even though it's a, a bonus episode of the show uh, where we're going to deal with athletic performance and whatnot, I want to talk about your own performance for a second with the usual question that everybody on the show gets, bonus episode or not, how'd you sleep last night? I actually slept pretty good, even though I wasn't uh, wasn't at home. I was at a hotel room, but I, I did pretty well. Hotel rooms are often an interesting, you know, and, and that kind of dovetails into some of what we're talking because right. uh, I, I admire the people who try to design bedrooms for people they've never met and, and ideal <laughs> sleeping environments for people they've never met. Um, but I end up talking to a lot of, and, and we will going forward on this show as well, you know, musicians, athletes, uh, people who travel for a living um, and, and the challenges with sleep that come along with it. I remember, uh, you know, when the baby Baseball playoffs were kicking off. Talking to Dan Schulman from ESPN, yeah, um, who covers baseball for ESPN Radio, and the interesting adventure of of his life and the travel schedule and different hotels sometimes every night for weeks yeah. on end. So it, it's interesting watching how that impacts people. But you've got a new paper out yes. um, that details even things like on-field performance. Now, one of the reasons this caught my attention, um, you and I have talked about this before. We had uh, Dr. Ravi Alada on the show a few months back who did this study of 40 years worth of baseball statistics and found that there was a correlation between jet lag and the number of home runs surrendered by pitchers. Right. Um, and that was kind of the first time I dipped my toes into sleep and athletic performance. But your study goes way beyond that. Well, so so to qualify, this wasn't this wasn't a, an independent analysis. So this what this paper was. So this was work I did with uh, Jonathan Charest, who's um, a graduate student who's finishing his PhD in sleep up in up in Canada from University of Laval. Who his expertise is in sleep and athletics, and, and I do a lot of work in sleep and athletics, and and he's someone I've worked with for a bit, and we so we partnered on this paper, and our goal was rather than do a new study because we've, we've got some new studies going on, but what we wanted to do was to as comprehensively as possible summarize what do we know about sleep and performance. So I mean. The, the title, I think, says what this is. It's the, the title of the paper is Sleep and Athletic Performance Impacts on Physical Performance, Mental Performance, Injury Risk and Recovery, and Mental Health. 
And so, and, and, and what we do is we go through each of those domains and, and really outline what do we know and, and what do we need to do to take this into the future to um, take this knowledge to the next level? Well, and according to your paper, yeah. you know, I'm, as as sports like professional hockey, professional football in particular, pay attention to things like concussions. Right. Your paper suggests that there's even um, evidence that sleep and future concussions might be linked. Right. Yeah. So there's a number of um, there's a number of studies linking sleep and concussions in a number of ways, um, and and most of them have to do with the fact that when people have concussions, they tend not to sleep well afterwards and, and how might be sleep, uh, how might sleep play a role in recovery. But, um, one of the things to mention in this paper was actually a study that our group did, um, where we did this project where one of the things we did is we asked, um, a couple of hundred elite athletes. Uh, these were division one, uh, NCAA athletes across, I think like 14 different sports, we asked them um, how sleepy they were during the day, and we asked them how they were sleeping at night. And then we followed them for a year, and we were able to track every visit to their trainer or the team doc, every medical-related issue. Um, and so we, we coded all those for, to find all of these sports-related concussions. And so then what we tried, then what we did, and this, was the, this analysis was led by a, a postdoc named Adam Rakes, um, who's also here at the University of Arizona. Um, and so what he did is he showed that um, the things that predicted whether an athlete was going to get a concussion, a lot of them were the things you would expect, the things that everyone knows about. Like if you have a history of concussions, you're more likely to get another concussion. Uh, another thing he showed was um, men are more likely to get concussions than women. Um, he also showed that if you're in a high-risk sport, like a high-contact sport like football, you were more likely to get a concussion than not. None of that was surprising. But what was surprising was that not only was the level of sleepiness you reported at the start of that year related to concussions and how, um, how much insomnia you had at the start of that year related to concussions, but both of those things um, did two things that were very surprising. Number one, they each predicted concussions differently. So sleepiness predicted concussions after controlling for insomnia and vice versa. They weren't explaining the same thing. They were actually explaining concussions through two different pathways probably. The other thing that was really surprising was the degree to which this relatively simple screening for sleep problems, the degree to which the predicted concussions actually beat out all of the other traditional risk factors. So yes, um, history of concussion and high-risk sport predicted concussions, but actually the sleep variables predicted concussions better. Um, they actually outperformed them. So, so if anything, it just goes to show that how you're sleeping might set you up for risk of, of these head injuries, probably because maybe you're less coordinated. Maybe you are, are not making as good decisions. For all of these reasons and more, um, it's not just the concussions lead to sleep problems, but sleep problems might lead to concussions as well. Look, I mean, athletes are legendary for 
looking for any tiny thing they can come up with that will give them even the tiniest advantage. Um, we don't even need to get into the conversation about it. That's why performance-enhancing drugs are so right. prevalent in sports and, unfortunately, in professional sports. But is it fair to say that, based on the information that's in your research, that if an athlete really wants to up their game, I guess in a literal sense, it might be as simple as grabbing some extra sleep? Well, I mean, based on what you were saying, I— based on our work and the work of, of a number of other people, I would say, you know, you're not going to get the tiniest advantage. You're going to get a much bigger than the tiniest advantage. Um, the, when you look at the, the degree to which sleep improvement improves just physical performance, forgetting the roles on mental performance and mental health and decision-making and injury risk and recovery, forgetting all of that, just in terms of performance, um, you see, you see gains that, you know, so, so where a second or a fraction of a second can make a difference, you get sprints that are a full couple seconds faster. You get, so like there was a very famous study done, um, by Sherry Ma at Stanford that showed that, you know, the, the, the Stanford men's basketball team, their, their free throw percentage went up by 9%. Their, their three point shots went up by 9%. Um, there's some, a bunch of studies in tennis players where serving accuracy um, gets impacted by 20 to 30 percent or more sometimes. Um, he, across the board, you see this in baseball, like you were mentioning. You see it in football. You see it in tennis. You see it in soccer. You see it in swimming. Pretty much any sport you look, you get a performance boost. And, and it, it's not a performance boost with side effects. The side effects are your mental health is better. You manage, you manage your weight better, your relationships are better, and if you're a college athlete, your grades get better. So um, I, it, 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 it's sort of a no-brainer to me. Is, is it optimistic of me to think that perhaps at a high school level and a collegiate level that maybe sleep needs to be a bigger part of how we are training young athletes? Um, I would say not only... Might it be, but th there was a really amazing thing that happened this summer, and that was that the NCAA uh, released an official position statement. It's, it's downloadable. It's in the journal, the British Journal of Sports Medicine. It's an official position statement of the NCAA on the importance of sleep in collegiate athletes and all of the reasons why sleep is important for collegiate athletes, because it's important for college students in general. Um, for all of these reasons, and then athletes also for all of these reasons as well. And so they're the first, um, they're really the first major sports organization to on paper publicly have an official position that sleep is important and, it, and it's critical and it plays all these roles and it, and it needs to be something that's prioritized. And interestingly enough, um, also this summer, relatively soon afterwards, the International Olympic Committee came out with their first position statement on mental health, which which itself was groundbreaking. The IOC talking about mental health. Um, the, our, our conversation on mental health is changing around the world, and this is an example. But when you look at the official position statement from the IOC on mental health that came out this summer, there's a big section on sleep in there. And, and, and as sleep as a part of mental health, and then if you read the section, it says, and all these other things too. Um, 
And so I think the conversation around sleep is starting to change. And, and these organizations are, are really starting to publicly say, you know what, all this, all, all this stuff we didn't, not we, all this stuff that was done in the past about um, tough it out and you don't need much sleep and, you know, while you're sleeping, I'm getting better in training and all this sort of stuff, that's wrong. Um, and it sets you up for failure, not success. And, and it's great that that even these organizations like the Olympics and the NCAA are coming out to say, yep, we're on board with that. Any evidence or is this perhaps beyond the scope of the research that you did that uh, there's, I have a very strong hunch and this is all just my own personal biases that uh, it's probably easier to convince young women um, that sleep will have huge benefits than it is to convince young men. That's actually a fascinating question. I don't know that there's data on that in terms of who's more readily able to make changes. Um, the reason I bring that up is because I have this illusion in my head that maybe, um, you know, telling an athlete, uh, particularly a young male athlete, that getting some extra sleep might have a performance benefit. I, I wonder how many of them would look at sleep as being less cool than benching an extra, you know, 25 reps in the gym for the time that they could be spending sleeping. Yeah. I mean, and so that so as we do more work in this area, understanding not just the downstream effects of sleep, like how does sleep make performance better, but what's upstream? What drives people to make changes in their sleep? Um, that's actually something that's particularly interesting to me that we've been studying um, about these social and environmental and behavioral determinants of sleep uh, in the population and in athletes in particular, because you know the thing about athletes and sleep, it, it's actually... I, I, I really enjoy working with athletes in sleep for, for, for one reason, and that's because it's a place where we can really do good in three different ways. Number one, they often are not sleeping very well. They're very overscheduled. They often have to wake up really early in the morning to train. There's lots of travel. There's lots of scheduled disruption. At the same time, they might actually be more sensitive to sleep loss than, than many other types of people. Because, say, for example, if I'm slowed down by 2%, I don't notice. But if they're slowed down by 2%, it could be winning or losing and having a career or not or getting hurt or not. So um, that it means a lot more. And then the third thing is the great thing about athletes, and, and, I, and people who know me know I, I talk about sleep to as many different groups as I can. Um, but athletes, they want to win. And if I can show them that this will help them win and be better, they'll do it. Um, but other places like going into corporate America, going into business, going into banking, going into, into engineers and architects and, 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 and all of these sorts of corporate sort of structures, they have a harder time believing it. Um, and so if I can get the, the, but the athlete, they don't have that same sort of stigma. They just want to win. And so if I can show them to do it, They'll do it and, and they'll reap the benefits. And what's great is I can then say, look, if this is good enough for an Olympian, if this is good enough for a pro basketball player, or a pro football player, it's good enough for you. Like you're not a wimp for doing it because unless you're going to call them one too, but it's benefiting them. Why, why leave that on the table and not take advantage of it yourself? So, so the athletes really can, you know, 
they're role models in a lot of ways. And if I can help, and if they can help show that sleep improves performance, it'll also help the rest of the population see that when you're not afraid to, to prioritize sleep, you actually get benefits. You know, and that by, might be one of the biggest takeaways from the whole study. Um, uh, yeah, athletics and athletic performance aside is, is if it's good enough for them, it should be good enough for the general population. Michael, as always, uh, yeah. fascinating to talk to you. I, you're, you're one of those people I could talk to for a week and a half, and, <laughs> and I would still be fascinated 10 days in. Um, you know, I, I still um, need to start tracking down some athletes and getting answers to questions like, you know, for example, look, the, the NFL season is going to wrap up this weekend. Um, I, I'm fascinated to learn how the starting quarterbacks are possibly going to get to sleep on Saturday night. That kind of stuff is just, I, I, I love digging into that and trying to figure out exactly how, because it's one thing to give them the information. It's another for them to figure out a way to integrate that into their routines and into such a, you know, when we talk about uh, Sunday's game, super high pressure. The entire yeah. season comes down to, you know, potentially a throw or two. And so how on earth do you get to sleep without just lying there in the hotel room all night going through every play in your head and having it keep you awake all night? That kind of stuff fascinates me. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking and, forward and, to and learning if, those if answers. It's, but if it's similar to any of the other athletes that I've worked with, the, the answer is they're probably not. But the same thing I tell the other athletes is, sure, that night you're not going to sleep well, but that's okay because the data show it's not about one night. One night actually won't impair your performance that much. If you bank some good sleep for a solid week or two, a night or two of bad sleep leading up to a stressful event is actually not going to impair your performance much. And that's the optimistic thing I want to tell them. So, yes, yeah, so what? You're laying in bed not sleeping. You're prepared. You're ready. Um, and, and you'll be okay. And I think that... I think that's the other thing that we need to hear. I mean, it's like if you're an Olympian and you're in the Olympic village, you're probably not sleeping well. But that's okay if you've gotten good sleep up to then and you have a little bit of a buffer um, or whatever that's worth. Fascinating. All Fascinating. Right. Uh, Michael, I'll be thinking of you as I'm watching the game on Sunday and thinking to myself, okay, who got more sleep, this guy or that yeah. guy? Um, always a treat to talk to okay. you. And I look forward to the next time we get to connect. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Dr. Michael Grandner on the Snooze Button Podcast. A reminder, a special episode coming Monday, special in that three very big announcements, um, kind of game changers each for the show coming on Monday with another very special guest. So all that coming on Monday. Uh, if you like what you heard today and uh, you're interested in more, you can find out more about the podcast at thesnoozebutton.com slash podcast. Find us on all the socials at Get Your Snooze On. Till we see each other on Monday. My name's Neil, and hey, get some sleep, would you?